Domingo Santana, ooh, I wanna add you to my roster. In Roto, replacing Gio Soto, Giolito, and Brito, baby, where my fab go? Near the Florida Keys, there's a place in Miami, that's where you wanna be to get ahead of your Kokomo Friday, Domingo Santana, you bet we want to add that you are 59% owned with a 302 batting average and 866 OPS in your last 13 games. Are you on the most added list, Domingo Santana, and why am I talking directly to you? I don't know. Scott and Chris, good morning. Happy Kokomo Friday. Here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. <laughs> Just in case people were missing that other intro today. Bad morning. It is so good, that intro. Like, it's so well done. It's so professional. It's got Michael K on there. It's got some cool calls. It's got a fantasy. Like, it's so good. I, the, I don't know. People, people hate change. Oh wait. Can I, can I bring up something very interesting? Sure. Do you guys watch The Bachelorette? I don't. No. But I know lots of people do. No, Chris. I don't watch The Bachelorette. There is a fantasy sports writer. No on way. The Bachelorette this season. And how'd you find that out, guy who doesn't watch? It was watch? all over Twitter yesterday. Well, what? Who uh, is it? Mike from PFF, from Pro Football Focus. He's PFF underscore Mike on Twitter. He's on The Bachelorette. It's amazing. I don't watch The Bachelorette, but it's going to be hilarious. That's pretty cool. Oh, I hope he wins. Yeah. Now now I will great hair. not watch, but I will care about it. Uh, stat of the day, Mookie Betts has 20 more fantasy points than the number two hitter in fantasy, which is Manny Machado. Mookie Betts is number one with a bullet right now, batting 364. He stole three bases yesterday to give him 11. And he hasn't homered in 12 straight games, and he's still crushing everybody. Is Mookie Betts the number two fantasy player right now? Would you take him number two overall? Yeah, no, he's the number one fantasy player. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry. Uh, in, in the late, in <laughs> the latest trade chart, I did. I moved him up to number two for the first time. This season, so that that is exactly where I would rank him rest of season. And I guess the difference between him and Jose Altuve right now is Mookie's running, right? Like that's other than that, we probably probably think they're pretty much the same guy. Well, he's hitting for a lot more power too, right? But that, like, we don't. I, maybe we do, but I don't really think Mookie Betts is just all of a sudden a better hitter than Jose Altuve. Like, I think in the long run they'll probably hit about the same, but Mookie Betts is on pace for. I would 35 s- steals and Jose Altuve is on pace for seven. I would, I would, I would guess Altuve hits for the higher batting average this year, but that's, that's all I'm going to give him. Yeah, um, I mean, seen, Altuve's seen 24 homers a, usually, right? Altuve. We've seen Betts be a 30 homer guy in the past, and that was when he wasn't, like, he's hitting for power on the road in a way I don't think we're used to seeing, right? Mm-hmm. He was at one point, yeah. I mean, he hasn't homered in 12 games, so I'm assuming that's the same. <laughs> and remember, they've played the most road games in baseball, or at least they had before this homestand started. I think they still have. The Red Sox have a bunch of home games coming up, and that's usually where Mookie Betts does his damage. And Yeah, he's uh, he's awesome, and I don't think we have to go any any more into it. We are going to take a look at Week 9. Of course, we'll save our, our big rundown of two-star pitchers for later in the show. Uh, we are going to talk about Vince Velasquez. Matt Boyd, David Price, and many more. Uh, Brandon Belt and CJ Crone, they keep on hitting. Yasiel Puig, Matt Olson, they keep on hitting. We got some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Uh, who is, if there's one two-start pitcher to pick up for next week, who is it? 
Uh, yeah. You know how last oh, week was really good? Sorry, only in 70% of leagues or less. Go ahead. Yeah, you know how last week was really, really good for two-star pitchers, and we had like a 1,000 guys that we liked? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week is... Uh, Let's we, just move on to the next segment. Yeah, Jordan we, Jordan Lyles has mm-hmm. been good. We like the skill set he's showing. Yeah. Unfortunately, he is at the Nationals and at the Dodgers. The Dodgers aren't a terrible matchup these days, but... I don't know. Are the Nationals? I guess they have Rendon back, yeah. and they're, they're closer to full yeah. health. Yeah, they, uh, they're Just no eating. Yeah, I mean, Lyles and the only other one that... Um, like I think Trevor Cahill is yes. pretty interesting, yes. uh, and he's versus Seattle and versus Arizona, so he's got two games at the is it O.co still? I don't know the Coliseum. But it's his second start back from the DL, and he just had one strikeout. Yeah. Um, I think the Mariners aren't exactly a good matchup. Anyway, well, it, it depends on Nelson Cruz. He should be back by then. He could be back today if that injury lingers and they don't have Cano or Cruz. I, you know, I think they're pretty. Yeah. Above average matchup. Yeah. Nick Pavetta's still available in 22% of leagues. He's got Atlanta and Toronto. That's yeah, but that's that, that's a, the... that's above Adam's 70% threshold. Right. Well, I don't play by Adam's rules. How about, uh, how about Jake Faria? Two home games, Boston and Baltimore. No. Yeah, I mean, the Baltimore start's not a terrible matchup. They strike out a lot, but they've actually been good lately. And Boston's Boston's okay offensively. <laughs> yeah. All right, so it is not a great week. Jordan Lyles might be the guy you look at, and we'll go through the list a little bit later. Uh, James Shields and Doug Fister are on the list. They were terrific yesterday. That was kind of weird. Um, all right, more on that coming up. Thursday standout. Scott, start it off. Who stood out to you? Do you want to get into Matt Boyd? Yeah. Yeah, sure Let's do. He, get into Matt Boyd. Where do you think he's ranked, without looking at my notes, uh, among starting pitchers? Not ranked. Where do you think he is in the current starting pitcher standings in points leagues, Matt Boyd? 22nd. Sure. Let's say let's say he's top 25. He is 44th with a 2-3 okay. record. Uh, so Matt he overdid 44th. it. Yeah. I didn't know what his record was. That that tells a lot when it comes to where they place in the points, um, points leagues. So... So nine strikeouts, obviously, uh, in this start is hasn't been common for him even this year. He entered the game averaging less than seven per nine, and pretty much we've been skeptical of the entire performance. One thing I have noticed, though, is that his weak contact percentage is among the highest of any pitcher in baseball. Now, I still think there's a lot of correction coming, particularly as many fly balls as he gives up. He's due to give up some home runs. But um, I think if that if the weak contact thing is something he can sustain, it 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 at least puts him in like that Trevor Williams, uh, Tyler Anderson class, definitively outside of like the top seventy pitchers I'd be looking to own in fantasy. But not maybe we maybe we don't need to be totally dismissive of him. Yeah, I mean that that just to me sounds like the first guy you're dropping when someone interesting comes Oh, yeah, available. yeah, for sure. But it also means he's usable, too. All right, Matt Boyd is 31% owned, and, oh, I, I wish I had his matchup. I have matchups for almost every pitcher that we were going to talk about today, except for Matt Boyd next week. Um, I could try to look that up, but I will get back to that. I will get back to that. Uh, how about, um, all right, you know, here's a guy that we got an email that I was going to read yesterday. I never got a chance to do it. And it was about Marco Gonzalez, who's 26% on. So we're looking for guys who are owned in a lot of, or available in a lot of leagues. Matt Boyd's one of them. Marco Gonzalez is another one. And he's got uh 466 ERA and a 1.47 whip, but only nine walks, 43 strikeouts, five homers allowed, and 46 and a third. He must have a pretty high BABIP, I'm guessing, Marco Gonzalez. The email was about how unlucky He's been in the advanced stats. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to dig into it, but is there something here with Marco Gonzalez? Is he, uh, is he sort of flying under the radar a little bit? Marco Gonzalez has a 380 BABIP. Wow. Right now. Uh, he, he's what, he looks a, like a, about average with strikeout rate, 21.4%, uh, ground ball rate, 44.5%. That's a little below average, but not much. And he's had really good control, 4.5% walk rate, 1.75 per nine. So the FIP is 340. Right. 
he does look like a pretty good pitcher. Um, I do wonder with him specifically if he could stand to walk a few more batters. And I know that sounds antithetical to what we typically say, but he might just be living in the strike zone too much. And I don't know if he has the, the kind of stuff to just keep battling hitters when it's in, you know, a two, one count and throw a, a fastball at the knees. I would also point out that while his BABIP is high, it is the highest of any qualifying pitcher. His line drive rate is also the highest of any qualifying pitcher, which jibes. Right, right. That makes sense. All right, so you've got Matt Boyd and Marco Gonzalez, who are owned in about 30% of leagues. Marco Gonzalez is at Oakland next week. Matt Boyd is at Minnesota next week. And even if you don't want to play it week to week, who would you rather pick up, Matt Boyd or Marco Gonzalez? Oh, Marco Gonzalez for me. I think I'll go Boyd. All righty. But these are not high priorities. Let's just stress that. Uh, whereas Vince Velasquez, is he a high priority? He is 58% owned, guys. I don't love him as much as a lot of people do, but, yeah, I'd take him over those two. This was his third uh, third good start in the row. Obviously, the middle of those three starts was fantastic. But he he consistently does not get many swinging strikes for somebody who has this electric fastball, in part because he doesn't have much to go with the electric fastball. And I think that seriously limits his ceiling. I will ask a question. Sure. It's a question I've asked before. Okay. <laughs> what is the difference between... Vince Velasquez and Jose Barrios. Cause that sounds like Jose Barrios. Jose Barrios has a great, I can't remember. Is it, is it a changeup or curveball? It's a curveball. Curve. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the overall swinging strike rate is about the same for both of them. And it has been for Vince Velasquez has actually been better for his career. Yeah. Last year was a down year, but he was, I think pretty clearly hurt all year. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, we, we're both on the same page with. Concerns over Barrios' swinging strike rate, but, I mean, having two good pitches as opposed to one is a pretty big deal. So, gosh, the Phillies, man. The Phillies are such an interesting fantasy team. Would you rather have Drew Pomeranz or Vince Velasquez? Velasquez. Mm. Let me point one thing out about Velasquez before you answer, Scott. So he's had uh, five quality starts this year. They have come against mostly bad lineups. He had a six-inning, three-earned run start against Atlanta, or at Atlanta, and Atlanta is one of the best lineups so far in baseball. The other quality starts have been Miami, at Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and at St. Louis. Uh, the bad starts have been at Atlanta, Arizona, Atlanta, who he's faced three times already, and at Washington. So Velasquez has been pretty matchup dependent, and next week he does face Atlanta, which is a good and bad thing because he's clearly getting his Braves matchups out of the way. <laughs> but I don't know that I trust him next week against a team that has already roughed him up twice, and his best start in three starts against Atlanta was six innings, three runs. Yeah, no, I think he's, I, I, yeah, he's definitely outside of that range of pitchers who you use when they just have one start, regardless of matchup. Like he's either a two start option or really good matchup option. Uh, but a lot of pitchers are like that. Right. Uh, I, you know, getting back to the Pomerantz thing, I, I'll take Velasquez over him. It, it's mostly because Pomerantz hasn't looked right this whole season. He's not throwing as hard. If he gets back to being Pomerantz, I think it's uh, it's pretty easy to take Pomerantz at that point. Okay, another standout is clearly David Price. Complete game, two runs, took a shutout into the ninth inning, and he only threw 95 pitches. His first quality start in his last seven starts Price has a 4.38 ERA. If you remove the Yankees start, which he left with the hand injury, he threw one inning, he gave up four runs. Take that start out. David Price is a 3.75 ERA. I assume we'll start him at Tampa Bay next week. But what is the season-long outlook for David Price, guys? You know, I was taking a longer look at him after this start, obviously, and feel like um, feel like reports of his demise may have been greatly exaggerated. Specifically, I was harping on the fact that, well, oh, even, even though his velocity looks normal, he's not getting many swinging strikes. But looking over the entire, the course of his career, he's always been kind of low swinging, swinging strike rate guy. This, 
his this season um isn't that abnormal it, it's pretty close to his career average actually so i mean obviously he's not an ace anymore and there's a lot of health risk there still but i think we should still view him as a top 30 top 35 guy it is okay. like it, his swing strike rate is within range of his career but it's well below the previous four seasons, which were in the 11 to 12 percent range. This season, it's 9.1 percent, and so he's he's not going to get a lot of strikeouts, and he's not getting a ton of ground balls, and he pitches in a bad park for a guy who's not going to get a ton of ground balls. I just, yeah, I don't know. Like the the biggest thing David Price had going over the last couple of seasons was probably safety, at least going into last season. You know, he had the bad year in 2016, but the peripherals were good, and this is a workhorse. And now the peripherals are mediocre. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. He's an injury risk. Pitchers in a bad park. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind putting out some offers. I mean, he's 8.1 strikeouts per nine now. And in, in in the days when he had swinging strike rates like this year, he was like 8.7. Like, but that was a long, that was a different, we have to recalibrate K per nine every year, mm-hmm. right? Well, because they keep I mean, going he was up. exceeding, like he was probably above average yeah. in those years. All right, let's wrap up David and, Price. And even guys. now he's on pace for what? 200 strikeouts? A little less? Like, I don't know. I think he, I think he's if he stays healthy, I think he's going to be a decent fantasy option. Okay, that's going to be, hopefully not going to be too much to ask for him to stay healthy for David Price to stay healthy. Before we move on, is there any standout that I'm missing that we must must talk about? We will talk about Brandon Belt and CJ Crone and Yasiel Puig and all those guys in a little bit. So, is there anyone else? Speak now, or forever hold your peace. Uh, over the last month or so, we had been spelling Caleb Smith with a K. And last night he went back to being Caleb Smith with two B's. <laughs> yeah, uh, but walk- that, you know, Caleb Smith has had like three bad starts this year and they've all been the high walk starts mm-hmm. and, and they haven't been consecutive. So when he throws strikes, he's, he seems to be really good. And when he doesn't, he's terrible. Yeah. And I, I think that he's probably going to be that kind of pitcher. <laughs> I, I would like, I, I wish I had more yeah. actionable information for you, but he, He's going to be inconsistent. He's not He's not good with a capital G. Where did you get that? That was really clever, by the way, that K and BB thing. Did you come up with that, or did you see that on Twitter? Uh, I, I mean, I've seen people refer to him as Caleb Smith with a K. I saw someone refer to him as Caleb Smith with two Bs so yesterday. You stole so I just, you I just threw him together. Uh, all right. You know what? I'm going to yeah. give you credit for that, then. That's really creative. You're like one of those DJs that takes two songs that other people wrote that were great and combines them and then acts like he's amazing and other people play along and like, this guy's so good. No, he's just <laughs> taking two songs. So stupid. <laughs> All right, what do you do with Caleb Smith? Do you drop him for Vince Velasquez? Yeah. I'd rather have Caleb Smith still. Uh, I thought it was, like, even though the walks went, the control went awry in this start, the swinging strikes were back up after being down the previous two starts. So, like, there's still good stuff here. And, yeah, he'll be inconsistent, but, like, Vince Velasquez won't. We should talk about the other guy in that game, too. All right, we will, we will. Kenta Maeda. Um, I will ask you if it's okay to drop Kenta Maeda. After all, one great start against the Marlins does not make you a great pitcher. You don't have to say yes, by the way, when I ask you. Um, if you can, I drop won't him. say yes. Okay, I fine. Won't. Then I will. I got s- a lot to say about Kenta Maeda. Say yes to SeatGeek, people. Put it on your phone or go to SeatGeek.com. Two offer codes for you. Look, it's a great time. The weather's getting nicer. Well, if this damn rain would stop. Weather's getting nicer. Go to a ball game, and if you use the promo code today. On SeatGeek, you'll get 10 bucks off baseball tickets. Or, let's say you've never used SeatGeek before. Alright, your first purchase on SeatGeek, use the code FANTASY and get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. So it's either FANTASY for 20 bucks off, or it's TODAY for 10 bucks off baseball tickets. SeatGeek searches multiple sites. That's huge. This is the way you go shopping, right? You look around, you, you try to find the best deals, SeatGeek does it all for you. They give you grades on every ticket based on value. You can immediately find the best seats that fit your budget. Just a few taps and you're going to a game or a concert or comedy or theater. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Again, download the SeatGeek app, put it on your phone or wherever. 
Use it and use the promo code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Or if you've already used that, use the code TODAY for 10 bucks off MLB tickets. Your news and notes. Keenan Middleton will have Tommy John surgery. All right, you guys seem hesitant to do it, so I will do it. If there's one pitcher I want in the Angels' bullpen, it's ugh, Jim Johnson. How about you? I agree. Okay. As much as I can agree with anybody. All right, thank you. That's all I wanted. Uh, Ryan Braun is on the DL. So, is Domingo Santana criminally under-owned? What did I say? It was like 53, 58% owned? The Brewers have really good matchups this week, so I think he'll probably be among the top 10 sleeper hitters. All right. Man, where, where is the power, Domingo? Where is it? Well, you know, what did I say? It's on the ground. Oh, I saw Harris stats. He has two home runs in his last 13 games. He has three doubles. So still not that much power, but, but a 210 ISO in that stretch. A 393 BABIP. <laughs> that, that helps. Uh, Cole Hamels was scratched with, what was it, a neck issue for Cole Hamels? I believe. That's what it says in the notes. I think that's what happened. I mean, he was supposed to pitch yesterday. Uh, Andrew Triggs left with nerve discomfort in his forearm. Carlos Rodon is set for a rehab start tomorrow. Uh, how much interest do you have in stashing Carlos Rodon? There are so many pitchers that are worth owning right now that I I would really have trouble stashing him outside of a DL spot. If you do have a DL spot to spare, you should absolutely stash him. Um, because the last time we saw him, did he pitch at all last season in the majors? Yeah. A little bit. I barely remember it. The last one we saw him in 2016, he was starting to show signs of getting the walk rate under control and developing that changeup. If he can and he can hold his own against righties a little more, there's really high upside here. It's Carlos Rodon we're talking about last year. He uh, threw 69 and a third innings and had a 4.15 ERA and a 1.37 whip. Cole Hamels, by the way, had a stiff neck, so no big deal. Baltimore was not happy with the strike zone. They are blaming the strike zone last night on um, – they are blaming Kevin Gosman's terrible start on the strike show, zone. From Reyes sat yesterday. He started two of the last three games since being called up, two of three games. J.D. Martinez left with a stomach illness. Justin Upton left after being hit by a pitch on the hand. X-rays were negative. Teoscar Hernandez sat with a sore back, and Matt Wieters had hamstring surgery. And we have an update from the combo, the NBA Jam combo conversation that we had yesterday where I said clearly it's Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman if you were going to take two players from the same team. Well, Steven wrote in and said it should be Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. But the even better comment was how did we forget Bryce Harper and Trey Turner, which is a hell of a point. Do you guys He's realize, on fire! Right, yeah. Do you realize that Bryce Harper – Hit six home runs with a 345 batting average in 10 games, and in his last 32 games, he is batting 204. Boom shakalaka! <laughs> he always does this. Grabs the rebound. Is it the shoes? This is really good stuff, guys. Um, no, but I'm waiting for Bryce Harper to be like, he's heating up! For uh, two! <laughs> I don't know if there's anything to say about Bryce Harper. Actually, yeah, you know, like last year, Harper, in his um, first 21 games, had a 13.73 OPS. And then his last 90 games, he wasn't as good. He still had a 9.27 OPS. So All still right. really good. All right, here's here's what we say about Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is hitting 232 with an OPS north of 9.20. Those are good numbers. Well, the, the OPS is. The batting average, not so much. Right. He has a 192 Babbitt. Right. Bryce Harper has a 9.29, uh, yeah, something like that. Nine something, OPS with a 192 BABIP. He is fine. What's What's more interesting to me is Trey Turner having a good year, but he's the number five shortstop in points, number seven in roto. We were drafting him to be number one, and he got off to a slow start. His first 15 games, Trey Turner hit 211 with four runs scored. Last 28 games, he has batted 302, four homers, 22 runs in 28 games, seven steals. 17 walks, 18 strikeouts, 6 doubles, 894 OPS. Everything looks good for Trey Turner in the last 28 games. Yet somehow, over the last 28 days, which is most of that streak, he is still the 5th best shortstop in points and 6th best 
in Roto. It is well, weird. Shortstop's the best position in fantasy now. It's weird. There are certain, there certainly have been a handful of shortstops who have been among the hottest hitters at baseball to begin the year. Machado, I think Didi Gregorius is still ahead of him, right? They're like um, tied, basically. Francisco Lindor. Yeah, like Lindor has like a 1400 OPS over the last three weeks, so he's, he's ahead of Trey Turner. That's, that's not a knock on Trey Turner. Nope. Is there any shortstop you take over Trey Turner, or is he still number one? Manny Machado. Well, in Roto, the steal's probably still. Where, where does he rank in Roto? Overall, I, he's seventh, because the runs are still kind yeah. of low. But, but that's, that was because he scored four in his first 15 games. And the batting average is only 270, and he has five homers, so. Yeah, I, th- I think him and Machado yeah. are probably right there. I don't think Lindor has passed him, but. Machado's like if, right there. If he's obvious, if he's your steal source, then, like, you can't trade him for Machado in a Roto League, probably. But, I think I moved Machado ahead in both formats. And, okay. you know, we discussed it a little bit before the season. He's not running as much as he did last year. And that is worth noting. Like, he's on, like, a, it's still a lot. It's like a 50 steal pace, but he stole 44 in like 115 games last year. Mm-hmm. All right, Trey Turner. Good stuff, though. I mean, 28 walks, 31 strikeouts for the season, so nothing to worry about by any means. Scott White, let's talk prospects. Pittsburgh's calling up Austin Meadows. It should be a short-term thing. As Starling Marte, they they don't seem too concerned. Marte is on the DL. Should have mentioned that earlier. Sorry. Oblique injury, but looks like he may have dodged a bullet. Marte, the number 11 outfielder in points, number 6 in Roto, is having a great year. Uh, Adani Echevarria left with a hamstring injury. Could that mean Willie Adamas could get called up, if that is how you pronounce his name? Adam Wainwright's mm-hmm. on the 60-day DL, so, um, you know, Flaherty and Reyes are factors. Mike Soroka's on the DL. So which, which prospects should we be looking at, Mr. White? Well, Willie Adamas is in the latest prospects report among the top five to stash in light of this Echeverria news. Uh, I feel like it should have happened already. The Rays are notoriously frugal when it comes to these promotion decisions, so there's a chance they don't take advantage of this opportunity to turn over the turn the page there. But uh, at what's still a position where there's a great amount of need. Uh, Willie Adamas has interesting upside. Hasn't shown a lot of power in the minors, but like a good enough, uh, a, a, like shows enough offensive aptitude that I think he could be one of those players who comes to the majors and hits better than he ever did in the minors. Um, the top prospect to stash at this point is, I mean, I don't know if we're going to count Alex Reyes. I went ahead and counted him. Like he's technically, a major leaguer on a rehab assignment and not a minor leaguer, but like he obviously he needs to be stashed yeah, and he yeah, does yeah. still count as a prospect. Yes. Uh, then Vladimir Guerrero, oh, even though he's 19, he's hit like 600 over the last week, getting his batting average for the season up over 400 at double a, like it's just going to get embarrassing he at some ju- point. Just turned 19, like two weeks. Ago, yeah. So he's a baby. <laughs> he's, he's, he's ridiculous. He's a small child. And I'm putting another 19 year old on there. A guy we've talked about, on this podcast a couple times recently, Juan Soto, uh, it's not clear that there's going to be an opening for him in the Nationals outfield this season, particularly if Adam Eaton comes back sooner than later. But, like, the Nationals are getting more competition from the Phillies and Braves than I think people expected coming into the year, and they may not be able to afford to take their time with a guy who, like Guerrero, despite his youth, is just obliterating minor league pitching. Juan Soto already has 50 RBI. I know that's not like a predictive stat, but that's amazing that basically a month into the minor league season, he has 50 RBI. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's been the best professional baseball hitter in the year 2018. Yeah, he has. So, you know, it's, it's a low probability stash, but it's a such an impactful stash that it's he's among the five minor leaguers I'd invest a roster spot in right now. Can I cheat? Sure. Uh, this guy's a prospect. Okay. He's not in a minor league system, but Luis Gahara. Yeah. With Mike Soroka going on the DL, Luis Gahara. We really liked this guy coming out. He had a breakout season last year. Uh, 10.7 K per nine between Double A AA and Triple A in his career. 
he could get a chance with Soroka on the deal. Now they they did say Soroka's issue should be a short term one, but famous last words, it's a minor shoulder injury for a young pitcher. So Max we'll Fried, see, is, why, why is Max Fried starting? He got called up yesterday, but then the game got rained out. He may not even make a start, and Gohara has just been pitching in relief, so they they yeah. might want more time for him. And I, I assume it was because he recently had a multi-inning relief appearance and wasn't wouldn't have been rested enough Gohara. to start. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he pitched three days ago. He pitched on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, Willie Adamas, Alex Reyes, Luis Gohara, who's 37% owned, Vladimir Guerrero, Juan Soto. You want to read more about it, check out Scott's column on cbsportscom slash fantasy slash baseball. And let's talk about some of these uh, these sluggers that are hitting the cover off the ball. And hopefully you had Brandon Belt in your draft lineup. Also, we're going to look up, see how badly I lost yesterday on the draft app. Yes, you can follow me. You can beat me. You can take my money on the draft app. You use the promo code FB today when you make your first deposit. Download draft or go to draft.com. And the promo code is FB today. Use that code. And you will automatically be following me, Big Kane 2. You can follow me if you if you don't use the code. Um, Big Kane 2. Let's see, I did not win yesterday. I came in fourth. I had Jeff. So you know what? Last yesterday was tough. It wasn't a, a it wasn't a big slate, and I had the fourth pick, so I knew I wasn't going to get one of the good pitchers. So I had to go with Samarja. Wasn't my fault yesterday. My hitters weren't bad. Samarja let me down. The winning team yesterday had. Chad Cool, so I guess I can't complain about pitching. But also, Matt Olson, Brandon Belt, Mookie Betts, and Curtis Granderson. Congratulations to Tony for beating me taking my money. Um, anyway, you do live snake drafts as often as you want. Every single day on the draft app. You can play for just $1. You get paid the next day. You get some cold, hard cash. There's a draft out there for everyone. There's different sports. It's really fun. And the promo code is FBToday. FB today on the draft app when you make your first deposit. Alrighty, folks, let's move on and talk about Brandon Belt and Matt Olson and all those guys. So, um, Olson, you know, 84% owned, only 58% started this week. He is batting 239, seven home runs. He's still not having a great year, but three home runs in his last four games. Problem has been lefties. He's got a 503 OPS against lefties. Last year it was a more respectable 759. Although he hit just 196, but he had the power. This guy's hitting the ball even harder. He's got a 51.5 hard contact rate. The soft contact has been cut in half. The home run to fly ball ratio, we knew it was unsustainable for Olsen. It was 41.4% last year. Now it's 21.9. Um, all right, where are you on Olsen? Did we miss the chance to buy low? Or, you know, what's, what's going on here? Matt Olsen. The good news is he does have three and a half times as many doubles as he had last season. Yeah, half his hits were homers last year, basically, like right around half. And that strange. that the whole thing with him yet last year was unsustainable in the the pace that with which he hit home runs relative to all of his other hits. Some of those home runs should have been doubles, but this is still a guy who hit for a lot of power in the minors, and that shouldn't have been in doubt. The big thing for me is, and it as it is with every young lefty, is is the stats versus lefties. He's he looks overmatched against lefties. He has a 43 ISO, 043. Yeah. Uh, 3.8 walk percentage. He's actually not striking out against them very much, but that he does have like a 30% strikeout rate on the year, which is yeah. obviously very bad. But what that kind of indicates to me is that he might just be slapping at the ball and not really making a strong effort to actually hit the way he should against lefties and that that'll be a problem so all right max matt olson brandon belt cj crone these guys are you know three of the hottest hitters in baseball how would you rank matt olson brandon belt cj crone brandon belt matt olson cj crone i would go olson belt and then to quote billy bean and Moneyball, 20 feet of crap and then cj crone it, okay, I'll get to Crone in a second. Is Brandon Belt a sell high or a buy high? Brandon Belt? Mm-hmm. I think he's a sell high. I think he's good. I just, I don't think he can sustain this kind of performance in his home park. I guess if, yeah, if you can get, like if we're being literal about this, 
people interpret he's a top five first baseman now, then yes, you should sell high. But I do think he's a top 15 first baseman. I do think he's genuinely improved his value this year. A guy that I, whose name I barely ever say on this show, would you rather have Jose Abreu or Brandon Belt? Jose Abreu. Yep. Yeah, I figured as much. Would you rather have Carlos Santana or Brandon Belt? And, and they're both better in points leagues than Roto. Yeah, I might take Belt in a Roto league because you know Santana's going to hurt you in batting average in that format. But in points league, I'll take Santana. Yeah. Okay. So are we getting any closer to buying in to C.J. Crone, who has homered in three straight games and is now respectable against righties this year? Scott, you like him. More than I do. I, I More than you do, but it's hard to like him less than you do. Like, I, I just, there's a lot of good first basemen. Yeah. I don't think he's one of them. He I, is, I, if, he, if he was, like, second base eligible, I think I'd like him. He is but, a top 30 first baseman yeah. for me, uh, which, I mean, good for him, but also not very good. So, like. This was a really good week for him matchup-wise, and he's taking advantage of it. So I will pat myself on the back for including him among the top ten sleeper hitters. I guess I should have made him number one, but nonetheless, he's taking advantage in a predictable way. How about Yasil Puig, guys? Puig is heating up. He's heating up three home runs in his last four games. Uh, and he, I mean, he's, he's really been terrible, though. 214, three homers all year. Does have four steals. In his last 92 games of last season, Yasiel Puig had a 920 OPS, so we were hoping it would carry over into this year. It hasn't. Um, he's 80% owned, though. What do you think about Puig? I think he's going to turn things around eventually and make some people regret dropping him. I also don't think he's, like, somebody who you should just leave in your lineup in a three-outfielder league. Like, yeah. I don't think the upside is that high. We have seen the worst of Yasiel Puig this season, most likely. Um, he's going to be a yeah in that three to four outfielder range. Okay. Oh, let's see what we're going to do now. I think we could take a look at the most added list. That's always fun. Let's see who the people are adding. Freddie Peralta has gone from one percent to seventy-one percent owned. He's got to be pitching against. Is he pitching tonight? Uh, Saturday. He's pitching tomorrow against the Twins. So Freddie Peralta is the most added player. Brewers pitcher. Remember, Chase Anderson is coming back on Monday, so I guess we'll see what happens with Peralta. Uh, Framil Reyes is 40% on. He's number two. Kyle Freeland and Jordan Lyles and Andrew Heaney are the next three on the most added list. Kyle Freeland, Jordan Lyles, Andrew Heaney. We already talked about Lyles being a uh, somewhat intriguing two-star pitcher. What do we think about Kyle Freeland? And he, let's see, I'm just trying to look up his, he's pitching tonight at San Francisco, and then he's at the Dodgers in a one-start week next week. Kyle Freeland, 50% owned. I think he, 50% owned, you said? Yeah. I think it p could be a little higher than that. He's he's kind of, um, I've expressed some enthusiasm on this podcast recently for Tyler Anderson, who I also said earlier in, in today's podcast is outside the top 70 pitchers, so... You know, to kind of contextualize that enthusiasm. Freeland's doing some similar things for the Rockies. They both came up through that system, obviously, and they both, uh, for the second straight year, are among the best weak contact pitchers in baseball. I feel like after nearly 30 years of playing a mile high, the Rockies organization has figured out um, something that works for the pitchers they they're, they're homegrown pitchers, and um, you know they're they've both been better at home than on the road. So they're they're usable, and uh, but you know I'm not I'm not saying either is must own. Kyle Freeland, okay. Kyle Freeland or Andrew Heaney? Heaney. Heaney. Andrew Heaney or Freddie Peralta? Andrew Heaney or Freddie Peralta? Yeah. Uh, I think I'll go Peralta. It could change with Peralta's next start. <laughs> oh, well. Very helpful. Both. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Clippert is on the most added list. That makes sense. He's 48% owned, and most of the guys on this list we have talked about. So let's take a look. Um, 
at yesterday a little bit more and players that you might want to drop. Tonight, though, is going to be a nice night. For me, it's going to be a Blue Apron night. I think I will be making my Tokyo Beef Bowl. It will be delicious. Now, Blue Apron, for a limited time, is teaming with Airbnb to bring you the best home cooking from around the world. So each week, their menu is featuring a recipe developed in collaboration with an Airbnb experienced host. Like our Airbnb experiences host like Cece, a chef from Shanghai who makes incredible Kung Pao chicken. The Asian dishes on Blue Apron are so good, but the pizza is even better. You get a pretty big menu. You can get a bunch of meat. You can get pasta. You can get fish. You can get a whole bunch of stuff on Blue Apron. So there's really a lot of flexibility. 12 new recipes every week. High-quality stuff, non-GMO ingredients, meat with no added hormones, Gets delivered right to your door, and you get exactly as much as you need. That's the cool part. You don't have to go to the grocery store and then throw out food that you didn't use, and you spend too much money, and you spend too much time in the grocery store. So what you got to do is go to blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. Blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. Get three meals free at blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. That is Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. All right, what do you think about dropping these players? Say there's someone like an Andrew Heaney that you really want to pick up or a two-star pitcher that you want to pick up. Are you okay to drop Matt Chapman? No. Yes. No, Chris. I'm surprised to hear that. Why? I didn't think you liked Matt Chapman. No, I think he's pretty good. Okay. And Scott says yes. So. I mean, obviously makes a difference if you're talking about a league with a corner infield spot or not. But even even in that, I don't think it's like a hard no for me. How about and there's some some weird names on this list. I admit, Aaron Sanchez. He's yes. not that weird. Yeah, drop him. Easy to drop. Yeah, you should have dropped him already, probably. I'd rather have Nick Pavetta. Me too. Justin Smoke. Yep. <laughs> you know he's a top ten first baseman in points leagues. Justin Smoke yeah, is ninth in points. And 14th in Roto. And he's hot right now. Scott ranks 15th at first base, actually. Oh, Scott? In uh, points. So, well, Scott's a points league guy. Now, Smoke is really annoying. I have him in the podcast points league. Every time I'm like, ready to drop him, he does just enough to be like, No, Adam! <laughs> don't do it! The really annoying thing about him is, like, we've done this, I think it's four straight years now, where, like, all the stats, like the, the underlying bad ball metrics and all that, look pretty much the same, usually really good. And then, like, last year he's awesome. Two years ago he couldn't stop striking out. Three years ago he was just not that good. And now he's just, eh. He does walk a lot, so in points leagues, I mean, that that helps. Uh Adam Jones. Are you okay to drop Adam Jones? Not in a five outfielder league, but otherwise, yes. Yeah. Ian Kinsler, 70% owned. Yeah. Yeah. Unless Can- it's... Unless it's a middle infield spot. Kenta Maeda. New. So here's the thing about Maeda. Alright, obviously great start. You can dismiss it because it was the Marlins, whatever. Um, 19 swinging strikes yesterday. That, that number has actually been consistently high for him. Not only that, but he has a super high Babbitt. Before yesterday's start, it was approaching 400. Not only that, but he has a FIP right now of 282. Even before yesterday's start, it was like 320. Not only that. Nice. But. Keep it going. You worry about the innings for him. Are the Dodgers going to let him pitch deep enough? Well, you look at his numbers the third time through the order, both last year and this year. They're actually better than the first two times through the order. And the Dodgers right now need all the help they can get. So I'm having a hard time finding anything Maeda is doing wrong. Not only that, he gets the Rockies at home next week, which could be good. But not only that, um, despite the numbers third time through the order, this was the first start all year of more than six innings for Maeda. Just mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. I mean, actually, but, well, you'll take six is the thing. Not like, his, his most, ratios. Not his most pitches. I think this was like the third or fourth most pitches of, of his season. He's had a couple of starts with over 100 pitches. Okay, so so maybe there's better things to come for Maeda, even if it's just six innings at a time. Uh, are you okay to drop Josh Bell, who's you know hitting better lately? Josh Bell. He's in that smoke category. 
I think he's probably more in the crone category. I was I was really hopeful because he did talk about changing his swing to hit more fly balls, and he's one of the he's another one of those guys who the raw power is there. He's big, he hits the ball hard, but he hits the ball into the ground, and the batted ball profile has not changed. So I I think he's probably in the CJ Crone range, um, which makes him worth owning, but also worth dropping. Yeah. Josh Bell last year was 15th in points, 17th in roto at first base. He was really bad April and May, batted 222 with a 735 OPS. His next three months, Josh Bell was great. He had an 896 OPS. And then final month of the year, September plus a few days of October, terrible, 639 <laughs> OPS. So he was frustrating, but he was young. Um, seeing some better things lately, interesting player, just probably not going to measure up at power-wise. Yeah, these base. are all first basemen, Smoke, Bell, and even Crone, who are like top, between the, my top, tw- between 20 and 30 in my start, in my first base rankings, which on the one hand says something about the depth at first base, even with it being off to a slow start pretty much all the way through. Uh, there's still a lot of potential at the position. Okay, so here's what I want to do for the next 15 minutes or so. Take a look at some of the pitchers from yesterday, and then read some emails. This should only take about four minutes, and then look at the two-star pitchers for next week, and a little bit of weekend matchup stuff. Let's look at yesterday's pitchers. Four-man rotation of pitchers owned in 80% of leagues or more. Chris Archer, really good start, six and two-thirds, two hits, no runs at the Angels, but all of a sudden, the strikeouts really aren't there. 57 strikeouts and 59 and a third for Chris Archer. What the hell is that all about? And will you start him against Boston this week? Luke Weaver had a nice start against the Phillies, and he gets Kansas City this week. Kevin Gosman was terrible. I did not start him. I did not trust Gosman and Gosman in this matchup, but I will trust him at the White Sox and at the Rays next week. And oh, yeah. Tyler Skaggs is getting better and better, I think, guys. Um, and he's at Toronto next week, which will be interesting. Uh, Archer, Weaver, Gosman, Skaggs, take it away, boys. You want us to rank them? Yeah, sure. Archer, Skaggs. Whoa, Skaggs over Weaver. Weaver, Gosman. I'm just, I don't know, I'm not totally bought in with Luke Weaver. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because he's been really bad this year. (laughs) Last two starts, though, he's he's come around. Uh, The problem for him during that rough patch is he just wasn't throwing enough strikes. And he's the kind, he like, he doesn't have a swing and miss arsenal. He has to pound the strike zone, get ahead of the count, and then he can put hitters away. And if he falls behind, um, he just doesn't have the, the knockout stuff to come back and take care of business. But uh, I still, he's second on the list for me. The way you listed him here is how I'd rank him. Archer, Weaver, Gosman, Skaggs. Not, which isn't to say I don't like Skaggs. Uh, he's been very consistent this year. But I do think the upside is the lowest of the four. What do you think about Archer's strikeouts? Less than a strikeout per inning. Well, I, to be honest, I hadn't noticed. I had been mostly encouraged by the way things had gone for him lately. Four of his last six starts have been good. Um, I'm going to see if the swinging strike rate is different because if it's the same, I'm not really going to worry about it. It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. So that seems pretty fluky. Uh, is he at Boston this week? No, he's home against Boston. Otherwise, otherwise it'd be yeah, a Yeah, I think me. I'd start him. Okay, I got. I think I'm going to look up his history, um, not now, of how he does at home against Boston over the last two seasons. Because I know he's been terrible at Fenway Park. Yep. But I'd have a hard time. Three of his last four starts have been very good in good home, in good pitching environments. I'd have a hard time sitting Archer. Um, all right, hey, is, is Skaggs approaching must-start territory? He's 80% owned. Uh, no, not must start, no. Uh, I mean, probably start him more often than not, but if he had a one start week and, like, there was an interesting two start pitcher you could go with instead, clearly this week is not the week for that, then I could see sitting Skaggs. Okay, uh, fringy starting pitchers. We had Tyler Chatwood, we had Jake Faria. I'm combining two days of notes, by the way, because I didn't get to this yesterday. Tyler Chatwood, Jake Faria, Trevor Cahill. Zach Wheeler, Matt Cook, Jeff Samarja, I guess he was okay yesterday. Caleb Smith, Chad Bettis, Brandon McCarthy, Matt Harvey, Nate Jones, and uh, oh, Nate Jones, by the way, that's a separate section. He got a save yesterday, which was the 
the moment I saw that, I was like, okay, I officially don't care about the White Sox bullpen. Hmm. Um, who are some fringy starting pitchers that might be available in leagues that you'd be interested in picking up from the list I just read? I'm not going to read them again. Just give me some names. Brandon McCarthy. He's 28% owned. Uh, I think that should be higher. The peripherals are, I think, better than the 505 ERA. And the peripherals have been good for the last couple of years. I think as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to be a useful fantasy option. I'd much rather have him. How about this for a hot take? I would much rather have Brandon McCarthy than Tyler Chatwood. Tyler Chatwood is the I mean, luckiest Tyler man Tyler Chatwood isn't very good. Right, but he's 80% owned, and he's 59% started. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, that's got to stop. I Although, mean, he's got a 314 ERA. If, if, if there are people who honestly believe in him, then... I mean, I guess the ownership percentage... I, I'm, I'm surprised he's that owned with a walk rate as high as he has, but... Um, we have mentioned a lot of pitchers who I would drop Tyler Chatwood for. But, yeah. like, I don't know. I can't really get on board with the McCarthy love. It's a 457 FIP on the year. And he's, like, barely hanging on to his job, I feel like, with Gohara um, biding his time in the bullpen. Eventually, maybe they want to give Max Fried an even longer look. So the issue Colby there is, Allard is going to be up at some point. The issue there is the 21% home run rate, home run to fly ball rate, 376 xFIP. But it's 7.4 K per nine. It's 3.3 BB B per nine. He's he's not really doing anything that well. All right, guys, uh, moving on. I, I still I'm not giving up on Jake Faria. I think you can start him in big parks. He was terrible two days ago. Had absolutely nothing at Kansas City, but. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I, look, I don't think he's a must start, but I don't think he's a must drop either. And uh, let's read these emails. Oh, do we have time for this? All right, we go turbo speed on the emails, guys? Yes. Okay. Turbo. Ludicrous speed. Ludicrous speed from Chris. Which Houston catcher should I start rest of season, McCann or Gaddis? Gaddis. Gaddis. From Mike, 12-team head-to-head category, 6x6. Six six. Uh, I have a roster crunch. Who should I drop? Conforto, Trey Mancini, or Byron Buxton? I would drop, is it Roto? Yes. Categories. Uh, Mancini. Yeah, I would drop Mancini. From Eric in Costa Mesa, would you drop Tyone for any of these pitchers in a points league? Tyone, drop him for Pavetta, Flaherty, Heaney, or Bundy? I would hope you have a worse pitcher on your staff to drop, but I think Nick Pavetta's better. Well, I think Bundy's the best of all of them. Grade the trade from Josh. Give Harper and Hoskins. Get Mike Trout. C? Harper Harper and Hoskins for Trout. That's a a losing trade. That's too much. Uh, I'll give it a D plus. Grade the trade from No Name. Ten-team categories league. Give up Blake Snell. Get Anthony Rendon. B. B. Give Snell for Rendon. Blake Snell for Rendon. I'll give it a a C plus. From Lou in Connecticut, with Berea being sent down, Jaime Berea, is he worth picking up and dropping either Rich Hill or Tyler Anderson? No. No, I'd rather have Hill, for sure. Uh, from Corey, uh, this question's a little bit too long. Nah, yeah, a little bit too long. Sorry, Corey. Um, and Joe from a small town north of Boston wants to know some weekend streamers. Weekend streamers. I was looking, like, for this weekend, who to pick up. I was looking, uh, while we were talk, while the guys were talking earlier, and I found some. Uh, tonight I am streaming Sabathia at Kansas City. I don't think I would stream Felix Hernandez against Detroit. Would you guys? I actually don't mind that. Yeah. Mm. I probably terrible. wouldn't, but. Not terrible. You, you could do worse. Tropiano against Tampa Bay? No. It seems fine. I like Kyle Freeland at San Francisco, or do I? Do I like Kyle Freeland at San Francisco? <laughs> He's better at home. Uh, I like him the best of the options you've mentioned so far. I oh. prefer Kyle Gibson versus Milwaukee. Um, Me too. Yeah, okay. How about uh, you like uh, Freeland over Sabathia? Who is Sabathia facing again? At Kansas City. Okay, so no. I like Sabathia more. Sorry. Tomorrow I've got Zach Eflin against the car- at the Cardinals. Um, I don't believe in Zach Eflin one little bit, so I would not be with you there. No, 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 I, I was asking, I'm not, uh. Oh, okay. Nick Kingham is 50% owned, he's got the Padres tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a, a nice one. 
Mm-hmm. We've got Freddy Peralta at Fernando Romero. Romero. I don't know that you can pick either of those guys. Yeah, I mean, Peralta 71% owned. Freddy Peralta at Minnesota? I would start both of those guys. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to leave it at that. Sorry, I will not have time to get to, um, to Sunday's games. All right, let's take a look at the two-star pitchers. We can probably do this pretty quickly because they suck. Uh, any studs that we're worried about next week? Trying to look for like an at Colorado, even though I'm not sure that's a huge deal anymore. Um, we're going to start Walker Bueller home against Colorado and San Diego. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are on board with Gosman at the White Sox and at Tampa Bay? Oh yeah. Yeah. Tyone at Cincinnati and home against St. Louis. Sure. Yeah. All right. So now we get to the guys who are owned in 60% of leagues or fewer. Well, here's an interesting one. Jay Happ versus the Angels at Philadelphia. So he's game. struggled a bit. The strikeouts are still there, but he's allowed a lot of home runs. Yeah, those are two teams one. that can hit some ding dongs. I think as few two start options are there. I don't. I don't think twice about it. Hap is in. Okay. So we will not be hapless next week. L O L. I live uh, happily ever after. You said no to Faria. Two starts against Boston and Baltimore at home. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Cook at Milwaukee at Oakland. Nope. Yep. Yolish Yo, Yasin, Arizona and the Mets. No. Like I, not. I halfway considered him like just straining for a sleeper. Yeah. But yeah. I'd rather not. Mike Leak at Oakland and home against Minnesota. Another mm. interesting one. Like, yeah, if you're like really desperate, but I'd rather not. How about I'm just trying to get Matt. Uh, Mike Leake's game log. Yeah, he could do worse, I guess. Zach Wheeler? No. My, well, he's got Miami and at Milwaukee. Nah. And Trevor Cahill, Seattle and Arizona. That was one of the two we yeah. could tepidly endorse. And Jordan Lyles at Geo, at, uh, Geo Gonzalez, at Washington and at the Dodgers. Oh man, maybe if we could give Jordan Lyles Trevor Cahill's matchups. <laughs> Uh, Andrew, but okay, Lyles and Cahill are like our two kind of favorites. We're not gonna mm-hmm. risk it on Cashner, Harvey, Ian Kennedy, Cologne, home against the Yankees and Royals. Like, I'm sure someone out there is making an argument for this, but I just, I don't believe in Cologne at all. I think this is the, as hittable as he's ever been, and it just hasn't caught up to him yet. I don't even think I should read the other names. I, and I'm not going to. Screw you, other names. All right. Eliezer Hernandez. I like him because there's Azer in it. But I at, just wanted to say his name. At the Mets at home against Washington. I, mean, I the want Mets, to practice Eliezer. The Mets right now are probably one of the worst offenses without Cespedes. But at Washington is his other matchup. And he is an Azer. And he's not good. Nope. Uh, uh, okay, then I think we can look at today's games and yesterday's favorites, right? Like today's hits, yesterday's favorites. Ninety-seven point sure. three, the coast. Dodgers, National. Adam Pro- Scott, Heath, and Chris. <laughs> Ross Stripling at Max Scherzer. Uh, Sid Stripling starts Scherzer. How about Tyson Ross at Ivan Nova? Oh, Ivan Nova, I guess, is a streaming option. Yeah, I would start both. Nova is sixty-two percent owned. Mm. Brett, I don't like Nova. Even right. against the Padres? Yeah. Brett Anderson at Marco Estrada. I would sit both. Or not start both. Correct. We are going to start Zach Godley and Jacob deGrom. Alex Cobb <laughs> at Drew Pomeranz. I would probably not start either. Neither these. John Lester. <laughs> John Lester at Homer Bailey. John Lester. Oh, I can't wait for Billy Hamilton to steal four bases tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, he usually homers against John Lester. So he's got really oddly good history against John Lester. Uh, da- Dan Straley at Sean Newcomb. 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 Newcomb all. Damn near killed him. Mike Clevenger at Charlie Morton. I will start both these. It's a fun matchup. Matt yeah. Moore, Carson Fulmer. That's a fun matchup the other way. Yeah, sit both. <laughs> Brent Suter, Kyle Gibson. I will start Kyle Gibson. Me too. Jake Arietta, Michael Waka. 
I guess both. I mean, that's a, that's a yeah. I that's guess a couple of arsonists. That's two guys who are playing with fire. Right. Cece Sabathia and Jake Junis. You will start Cece Sabathia. I don't know about Junis. Start both these. Blake is Snell. That, is it at New York? No, it's Kansas City. City. Okay, okay, yeah, definitely yeah. both. Blake Snell and Nick Tropiano. I think you probably start both. Yeah, I'm not starting the trop. No Tropiano. Michael Fulmer and Felix Hernandez. Uh, Felix. I'd be I'm, more likely to start Mariners Fulmer. Mariners aren't a terrible matchup, I guess. Actually. Yeah, but I mean, I, Nelson not... Cruz's availability could be a big factor with Fulmer. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kyle Freeland, Derek Holland. So Freeland is definitely not Holland, but what about Freeland? That's a maybe. I like him better than either Fulmer or Hernandez. I like you both better than Fulmer and Hernandez. Thank you, Chris and Scott. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good luck. See you later. <laughs>